The following program is proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. About half of the fatal crashes involved a driver or rider engaging in at least one of the identified unsafe road user behaviours of speeding, drink driving, drug driving, seatbelt non-usage or illegal mobile phone use. Think safe. Drive safe. Arrive safe. throughout the Road Safety in Focus series, we've spoken about road safety from a number of different angles and perspectives, discussing road safety and road rules with law enforcement and road authority experts. Today, we will look at road safety through a completely different lens, discuss it from an entirely different angle and receive insights from the perspective of yet another professional. On this episode of Road Safety in Focus, I'll be casting the spotlight on the human cost of road accidents and the ways in which these accidents may change people's lives quickly and drastically. And to help me do that, I'm reaching out to a professional who is all too familiar with the trauma, pain and suffering that results from road-related accidents. And that would be Senior Emergency Consultant, Dr. Seba Suleiman. Dr. Suleiman, thank you for taking the time to be on Road Safety in Focus. Thank you for inviting me. It's my absolute pleasure. Now, Dr. Suleiman, how long have you been in medical practice and how much time have you spent working in emergency or trauma departments? I've been about 30 years working in medical practice and more than 22 of those years been working in an emergency department. Wow, so you do have quite a bit of experience and you've seen quite a lot in those years in terms of trauma. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Suleiman, what proportion of traumatic injuries you see in your line of work are connected or a result of road accidents? That's variable between hospital and hospital, but in general, in a trauma place, we see at least 5% of cases a day of 
for a traffic accident. So this is something that you actually get to see on a daily basis. Yes, of course. There's a lot of cases presenting every day and a lot of trauma calls a day. Mm. And some of them are really devastating. I can only imagine. So how confronting do you find the injuries of road accident patients you see in emergency? Um, It is really hard because you see those people will be daily going to their normal work or daily businesses and they not expecting every day when they start going to their daily engagement to have such an accident. So they're usually coming very shocked, of course, and stressed. They don't know what's going to happen. So first thing you see with those people is the stress that they're going through other than the pain and the suffering. The first thing is trying to reassure them and try to sort of put them at ease at the beginning of um, assessing them. So you kind of have a dual job in that situation where you're not only trying to treat them for their injuries, but you're also trying to comfort them at the same time. Yes, it's important that I think sometimes the major role in emergency because a lot of these patients even not been to a hospital before, not been to an emergency department, so they don't know what to expect and suddenly they have to be dealing with a trauma call and we have to warn them that a lot of people will be suddenly appearing and assessing and asking all the questions so that they'll be ready for that and not to be scared when a lot of people arriving at the same time. I can imagine how overwhelming that would be for somebody, especially if it's somebody who has had a serious road accident or has sustained serious injuries and they're not even sure at that point whether or not they're going to survive their injuries. Exactly, yes. That's the first thing we have to deal with. So what are some of the most common types of traumatic injury that patients present with in the aftermath of a road accident? So the most common traumatic injury is usually the soft tissue injury from an airbag, from a window shattering, Mm. or a lot of them usually fractures, and that's different parts of the body. Wounds and fractures are the most common. But the most serious ones are the head injury and the internal injuries like chest and abdominal internal injuries. So how much detail are you given about the type of road accident that trauma patients were involved in when they are brought into the emergency departments? Do you get given a briefing on, you know, this was like a head-on collision or this person was involved in a multi-vehicle accident so you understand what kind of injuries they possibly might have? Yes, so um, fortunately we have a system that ambulance usually call us if they have time to warn us about the accident, the type of patients that we're having, how many patients we expecting to receive and how many minutes. And most of the time they can tell us a little bit about each patient so that we prepare the room, uh, prepare the equipment and the staffing that we need to prepare before patients arrive. So that's a really important few minutes for us that um, helps a lot in managing patients. Most of the times we get a short notice Mm. that how many patients, their Mm. ages, what their important findings and vital signs, like if they're unconscious, if they have 
low blood pressure, mm-hmm. if they're expecting some major things, they can tell us so that we'd be already prepared all what we need or at least most of the things that we're anticipating that will be needed at that stage. Mm. So which types of road accidents do you see contributing to the most severe types of injuries in these patients? So most of the times it's a car accident. Mm. So uh, usually a vehicle versus a tree or versus another vehicle. Mm -hmm. Drivers are the most commonly seen injured and then second most common is a passenger. Now we see also bicycles or motorcycles and lower percentage we'll see pedestrians also. So in the majority of these, it's adults that you're seeing rather than children? Yes, that's right. Most of the time, the affected people are the drivers, so mm-hmm. usually they are adults, yes. Yeah. Children, they usually come when a mother or a father driving them to school, to yeah. childcare, or anywhere else. And usually, when children are involved, usually more than one can come at the same time with the driver. So, Doctor, as a rough estimate, what percentage of traumatic injuries from road accidents are likely to have a lifelong impact on a patient? Fortunately, these days, like with the new development of cars, roads, and all the safety features that we're having, most of the times it's not major injuries that causing devastating findings if mm-hmm. there is no life loss at the scene. So most of the times we can do something about those people arriving to hospital. But small percentage of them, especially if there is a head injury or a major internal injuries, that's very rarely that there is some complicated procedures and multiple operations required with some remaining problems. So in some of these patients, you may see them frequently returning to hospitals for surgeries and other procedures as a result of the injuries that they sustained in that accident, although they may not necessarily be life-threatening injuries, but they are the type of injuries that require ongoing care. Yes, yes, for sure. Those type of accidents won't be solved by one visit to the hospital. Usually will require multiple visits and multiple teams' involvement, like maybe general surgery, orthopedic, plastics, neurosurgery, thoracic surgery. Wow. Uh, all those teams also need to be involved with the care of these patients. So uh, for sure they'll have multiple visits and hopefully without an adverse outcome, which is a good thing, but still a percentage of those people will end up having a chronic pain or chronic issues secondary to the injuries that they developed. So what does it feel like to have to talk to family members of a patient to explain the extent of their injuries or in some cases the possibility that this patient may not survive the injuries? I mean, that's got to be a difficult conversation to have with family members who are genuinely traumatised and concerned about their loved one. Yes, that's the most hard part of our work as an emergency physician because we'll be the first people talking to patients and families and the most hard conversation is that one that you need to tell them the extent of their injuries Hmm. or their loved ones and um, what to expect after this injury so it's really either you reassure them or on the other side which is the harder one when you tell them that 
probably this is a major injury with an outcome that probably will be either like poor prognosis, some mm. adverse outcome, and will not be back to their normal function. That's a really hard one. Yeah. So informing people possibly that they may not be able to walk again. Yeah. Mm. Walk again or affecting their vision, their breathing, losing part of their body, which is really hard, especially because most of the injuries would be in a young people who are usually healthy, functional, and you have to deal with a major problem. Yeah, we've spoken a little bit about the state of mind of the patient in that kind of a situation, but what kind of reaction do you ordinarily or usually see from family members who, you know, may have just been told that their loved one has been rushed to hospital in a serious condition, not knowing, you know, what's going on? How do you deal with those people in that frantic state when they want as much information as possible, but sometimes you're not able to give them all the answers that they're seeking. Yes, that's uh, very true because uh, you'd feel for those families who suddenly you have to call them probably to come to the hospital and Mm. you don't know how much to say on the phone to make them come in as soon as possible, but at the same time not to make them too stressed because they will be driving or someone drives them to the hospital and we don't want them to be too stressed that another accident might happen. So that's the way how to balance how much you say and how much you keep until they arrive. Now, it's really hard for the families and you feel for that and some of them cannot come to the hospital to see their patients if they're from interstate or somewhere else and you have to call them and reassure them and at the same time tell them the truth. Second important thing these days is over the last two years, you know, because of COVID, we Mm. had no visiting policy for most of the two years. Yes. And that is even harder for the families, like how to deal Mm. with them, reassuring them. They call all the time. They want to know what's happening. And probably it is hard because for the staff to answer all these calls for every patient and deal with worried families and how much you give them Mm. and how to reassure them over the phone, it's really hard balance. But we try to do our best and we try to feel that each of these families, if it was me in this situation, how much I want to know about my loved one. So it's really important to reassure them. You really have to learn or know how to balance your professional work with the more compassionate side of things and offering that compassion and that reassurance. So you're really being a physician and like a psychologist in one at that time. Yes, that's really important. And luckily with experience and with many years, you learn and you train to do that job as much as you can in order to help everyone that's dealing with that uh, shocking situation. So, Doctor, you mentioned that you see more adults than children who come in as a result of trauma from road accidents. Uh, Do you see any differences between the types of injuries you see in adults Yes, uh, children usually are sitting at the back seat Mm -hmm. and if they were put in a right car seat or in a right uh, seat belt, 
So usually they are quite safe at the back, more than the front passenger and the driver mainly, because all these equipment that is being created for safety for cars are really helpful. And usually that's why part of the safety is because children usually sitting in the back seat. Mm -hmm. The front seat is the one that you'd have more injuries from the steering wheel, from the windows, from the dashboard and the glass. So the back seat, usually you'd see the seat belt sometimes cutting through the neck Uh and redness and seat belt injuries, especially when the children are too short and fitted into a seat belt that's really high up. Usually the neck and the chest are the main affected areas and the lower tummy that's from the other part of the seat belt. So we do see this as evidence that these safety measures do work, that keeping children in these child restraints are actually working to prevent serious injury and death in this age group. Yes, that's really important safety measures. And interestingly to know that Victoria actually is the first state in the world that made the legislation of obligatory seatbelts mm-hmm. in 1970s. After that, a lot of countries followed. And that's one of the most safety measures that saved thousands of lives each year. So do you see a different pattern of injuries in trauma patients who were involved in a road accident as either a pedestrian or a bike or a motorcycle rider? Obviously, the nature of injuries might be slightly different to those that are sustained by somebody who's inside a vehicle. Yes, that's an important um, question because, yes, we have less cyclists and motorcyclists and pedestrian when they come to emergency departments compared to car accidents, but the type of injuries and severity of injuries is usually more in this uh, smaller population because of obvious reasons like the safety features of the car is mm. not uh, available in the motorcycles or in the bikes. In addition to that, pedestrians is really immediately injured by a car is Uh, usually developing more serious injuries. That's why, uh, that's one of the features to say it's a major trauma and uh, have to call a trauma call immediately for those people. Now, which car safety features do you think do the most to prevent more serious types of traumatic injury in the event of a crash? We've spoken a little bit about um, car seats for children and seat belts. What about some of the more modern features that we find in cars? Yes, also like airbags, other important features for safety. So uh, first question we ask people when they come with an, a car accident, if they were wearing a seatbelt and if the car has airbags mm. and if these airbags deployed and usually uh, the new cars have side airbags and front airbags. So yes, sometimes just by popping the airbag, suddenly people can have a small injury to their face, like from bruising from or cuts from the airbag itself. But this airbag will prevent a major injury to the the spine to mm-hmm. the neck from the chest hitting the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is another important feature. And these days, luckily, not many cars on the road that doesn't have that feature. Yeah, that's so, right. So although they do cause some injury, they are actually preventing a greater type of injury. 
So, uh, yes, they might cause small injuries like small wounds or bruises, uh, but they're preventing like spinal injury mm. or a head injury or fracture of the sternum or the chest from hitting a steering wheel or a glass injury too. So, Dr. Suleiman, how does it personally affect you seeing so much trauma and human pain on a day-to-day basis and how are you able to continue doing this kind of work? It is really hard, actually. It takes a lot of um, emotions uh, every day. At Mm -hmm. the time of the work, you just do what you can do without thinking too much, but it hits you hard afterwards, like you're thinking about this patient and that patient and this family and that family and how they suffer. And you try to think about how their life been affected forever of their children, their wives or husbands. So it's really hard. And specifically um, looking at the mechanism of the injuries and how the injury happens. So it's not always because of your fault. It would mm. be somebody else's car uh, and driver's uh, fault and you were just driving, uh, doing the right thing and you had this accident. So it actually affects you driving in the road and expecting to take preventable measures, Mm. just driving, expecting there might be any of these drivers. uh, How can you prevent having this accident? So you're having to think on, you know, numerous levels and the roller coaster of emotions that you experience in any given day is must be huge, you know, from being just the professional to thinking, you know, analytically and to then being the person who comforts the patient and their families and then trying to deal with your own emotions about what you've seen and what you've just encountered. It must take a huge toll on you mentally. That's right, yes. That's uh, something we have to deal with every day. But at the same time, seeing the uh, results that uh, we uh, make a difference every day in people's lives, um, and that gives us a bit of comfort that, yes, it is hard, but um, we're trying to do our best. And most of the times I feel like um, like a mother's feeling for all these patients and yeah. trying to do the best for them and helping them. Yes. And that's gives us the rewarding comfort that um, this is a really rewarding job that we're doing. Yeah, it must fill you with a great deal of gratitude and accomplishment when you see the positive outcomes that you're able to get through the care that you deliver. Yes, that's right. I commend you highly for having that strength to deal with those kinds of situations and to work through it and continue to do that work. Now, Dr. Suleiman, seeing what you have seen so far and knowing what you know about the human cost of road accidents, what message or advice would you like to give to any of the people out there who speed on our roads, break road rules or take the road rules lightly? Um, It's really important for all of us to obey the rules because the rules have been made for our safety. We try to do primary preventative measures by having safe roads, safe cars, but the most important to have also safe drivers. So um, we need to know the rules, Mm -hmm. obey them, not to speed as uh, I've noticed many times if people just wait extra one minute that won't affect life as much, and that can save a lot of lives. 
their lives and loved ones' lives. And uh, it's important to be forgiving if there is someone just doing something in the road. No need for road rage. Um, make sure that you take some rest before you go into the car behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. Not to be too fatigued, not to use drugs and go driving because you have to think about all those people that you are responsible for in addition to your safety. I couldn't have said that better, Dr. Suleiman. Thank you. You've given us some really deep and sobering insights into the human cost of road accidents and their resulting trauma. Thank you so much, Doctor, for the meaningful contribution you've made to Road Safety in Focus today. It's been a real pleasure having you on board. Thank you very much for inviting me and wish everyone a safe driving and safe trip. Thank you very much. About half of the fatal crashes involved a driver or rider engaging in at least one of the identified unsafe road user behaviours of speeding, drink driving, drug driving, seatbelt non-usage or illegal mobile phone use. Think safe. Drive safe. Arrive safe. Arrive safe.